Positively Joy. Are you living life but feel like something's missing? You've come to the right place. I'm Yvette Walker, your host for this podcast on finding the true meaning of God's joy. Joy is not a feeling, it's faith. And my guests and I will talk about how to avoid falling down the rabbit hole of chasing physical or emotional joy. In this season, we'll tackle spiritual growth as we discover the true joy of the Lord. From Positively Joy Ministries comes Journaling in His Joy, a new journal that can help you discover what brings real joy by journaling every day and creating a six-month record of memories worth collecting. With over 240 journaling pages, monthly and weekly check-in sheets, and weekly coloring journal pages, This guided journal will help you find joy even in difficult times by actively looking and choosing to see it in every moment. In this journal, you'll look for joy every day and record what you see and experience. Maybe you'll experience it in a rainbow or a song or in the sound of laughter. Choose joy on days where nothing seems to go right and spread that joy to others. Get your copy of Journaling in His Joy, available at Amazon and other fine booksellers. Get ready for an incredible episode. In the early 1970s, Brian Simmons was a drug dealer on LSD, but had what he calls a radical conversion. He kicked it in one day. I went from LSD to G-O-D, he said. Part of the Jesus movement, he began memorizing scripture. And years later, after mission work in the rainforest of Central South America with his wife, Candace, he said he was given a commission by God to do a new translation, and he called it Passion. This episode with Brian Simmons is quite amazing, and I hope you feel his energy and the passion that he has in his work to get the Word of God out to the world. Stay with us. Here's Brian. Well, I am super excited today. This is the first time that I've actually talked to a translator of the Bible. And today we have on Brian Simmons. Brian, thank you so much for being on the show. Hey, my friend, thank you for including me. Oh, well, I'm so happy to. Uh, I'm, yeah, as I said, I'm excited. Whenever I read the translations, um, first of all, I learned so much about the Bible. And I just think these people must be so smart (laughs) to be able to do this. (laughs) Um, And so I want to talk a little bit today about that project um, that you took on, but also about another thing that's pretty special. Uh, And that is a new devotional or a devotional that you have, God is Love, 365 Devotions from the Gospel of John. And so I want to talk about that today. And I just have to say, this is beautiful. I don't know if it's it's leather, but it's a leather-like bound, beautifully 
designed book, obviously what's in the book, because it's the word of God, is beautiful. So gorgeous would be great for gifts. I mean, that's really, really true. But we're going to get to that. But first of all, as I always like to start off, I want to learn a little bit more about you. I think my I think my listeners would really like to know more about you. You've done a lot in life. And, you know, I mean, people might know you from the Passion Translation, but they may not know the other things that you have been up to. So tell me a little bit about basically how Brian Simmons became Brian Simmons today and your faith walk. Well, that's that's Jesus. He is so incredible. But uh, Candace and I, my wife, we've been married 52 years. And on our wedding cake, we put the scripture, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And we ended up doing that. We went into the rainforest of Central South America, right where two hemispheres joined together. Uh, two continents joined together, Central and South America, where the drug cartel had set up base. And there we lived for a number of years and uh, raised three kids in the jungle and uh, was able to learn an unwritten language and then to assist in the translation project of the Payakuna language, giving them the New Testament. So it's been uh, exciting to do that. And then God brought us back to North America in uh, 1991, and we ended up pastoring a church, beautiful church in Connecticut near Yale University, and uh, the church is still flourishing today, well over a thousand people, and we're just so blessed. And then more recently, of course, doing the the translation of the Passion Project. But uh, hey, my wife and I happily married 52 years. We got three kids, 11 grandchildren, four great-grandchildren, so we are super blessed. I love what you put on the cake. Uh, I, I am, I am particularly excited when I hear about couples working in scripture or talking about what the Bible or God means to them at the wedding. Um, it's uh, I was able to do that as well. We were my husband and I were able to do that. Um, we got married six years ago, and. Um, it's interesting. We we met online on a dating site, and he reminded me that I had scripture in my profile because I was sick and tired of meeting people who did not have a relationship with Christ. And this time around, I said, I'm going to be very straight with it. And he reminded me that. And um, so and we and we that was part of of the vows. So but I love what you wrote on your cake and that you were able to achieve that. Yeah, well, there's nothing more important to me than the Word of God. I have been um, wonderfully delivered from a life of darkness through the gospel of our Lord Jesus, and I immediately had a hunger. I was part of the Jesus movement back in 19, early 70s, and uh, just had a hunger for Scripture. I memorized uh, verses, books, actually, of the Bible, and just thrilled to, to know that God would speak to me through His Word. Wow. It's a wonderful relationship we have with God uh, and His Holy Spirit and the Bible. Mm. I want to talk about that relationship, but I also want to talk a little bit about that darkness. Tell us about that darkness that that you were saved from. Well, I went from LSD to GOD in one day and uh, just ditched all my drugs and addictions and all of that, that junk and uh, lost lots of friends because I was dealing drugs at the time. And of course, when you're a dealer, you got everybody wants to be your buddy. 
And uh, so my conversion was radical. My faith walk with Jesus since then has been somewhat radical. We took our family to the jungle, as I said, and uh, started a church uh, minutes away away from Yale University where churches don't tend to flourish there in that part of the country. And, you know, it's just every every day I get the radical choice of loving Jesus, serving him, or, or doing my own thing, and I've made that choice to serve him, to love him. This this radical change, I'm interested in this particularly because um, LSD is one of those drugs that we really don't hear much about any like today. There are lots of other drugs we hear about today. But during that time, and especially if you got some really bad LSD, it really could affect your mind. The fact that you were able to to get off of it and then use your mind to memorize scripture. I mean, your mind could have been wrecked, right? Well, yeah, I, I wondered if it was. Some of my friends thought it was, but salvation, that that conversion experience, something happened inside of me that it just, I, I was turned inside out and Jesus Christ flooded me with light and love cascaded over me. It was a day I'll never forget, August the 8th, 1971. I can remember the day, the place, every single experience I felt at that time. And since then, it's it's still you know, God is just, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he wants to capture our heart. He wants us to pursue him with every passion and fiber of our being, not half-hearted or lukewarm, but we've got to be those believers in this hour that will rise up and stand out in a crowd, not because we want attention, but because we want Jesus to be famous. Wow. And when that happened, was it was it palpable? Did you did you have a feeling? Oh, yeah. What did it feel oh, like? Uh, I felt like going from uh, black and white to vivid color, like 3D. All of life suddenly took on a new dimension. Uh, everything in my in my life, including what I said, the filth that would come out of my mouth, no longer did, and the darkness that lodged in my heart. It, it evaporated, it, it disintegrated by the light of the gospel. And, you know, I, we're all in growth process. I'm still growing and, and going after the more of God. But uh, that uh, 52 years ago, that experience was enough to bring me to heaven and to obliterate all of the, the stains on my soul. Wow, that is such a beautiful testimony. You know, a lot of my listeners have seen the movie Jesus Revolution. Have you seen that movie? Uh, yeah, I could identify with it entirely. I was going to ask you, is that was that true? Do you believe that that was truth, what we were seeing? It, it was true, but it was a little bit watered down because we were even more radical. It was even more like scary to the church culture because I would come in, you know, I had kids following me from the first day of my salvation. And I'd come into church with a hundred young people. I mean, if the church was only a hundred people, I mean, it looked like a, a, a takeover and the pastor would like wonder whether to call the police or to invite us to sit in the choir. He didn't know what to do. And, you know, that, that era was just so full of, of radical transformation 
It was a revolution, and it really was a Jesus revolution. And I feel like another Jesus revolution is going to take place with the Z generation. God's going to go after these young people. What? It's no longer LSD, although I'm I'm told it's coming back on the street again. But it's fentanyl and the suicide and the darkness surrounding drug addiction. Uh, we have the hope. We have the answer, and it's Jesus Christ plus nothing. It's got to be, right? I mean, it really does. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. oh, that's such a scary time. And this whole opi- opioid, um, oh gosh, it's just it's just terrible. Uh, so yes, yes, I'm calling for that too. And so we saw a revival of sorts last year. We saw in several churches, of course, it started in that one church. And we began to see people just just, you know, staying at church and worshiping and beyond the the normal hour, two hour, three hour, just going on. And, you know, some people said, oh, that's just a fad or whatever, but it was so interesting to see. And you think we're going to see something, something real come Um, again. Yeah. Multiply that times a thousand. And that's what's coming. Stadium Christianity stadiums are going to be filled with young people that aren't trying to get the glory or to sell a a CD. They're young people full of passion for Jesus. They're coming. I'm telling you, radical, uh, anointed, holy tribe of Gen Z's, millennials, young people are going to rise up and change the face of Christianity in one generation. It's going to be dramatic and powerful. We need them. We need them. This sounds like a message you were given. How do you know this? Oh, I, I've seen it in my dreams. I've, I've had dreams of young people rising up and, and, and commanding the sun to rise at midnight. And it did. It's like the, the opposite of Joshua's dream, a uh, Joshua's miracle where the mm-hmm. sun stood still for two days. This was the sun rising at midnight, but it was a dream. And I, I, I heard the voice of the Lord in the dream as I awoke. And he said, my daybreakers are coming. My dawn makers are coming. They will lift the curse of darkness from the land. And I, I think, you know, when we have a problem, we want to come up with a, a clever solution. But when God has a problem, he comes up with a better person. And these young people are going to rise up without the dysfunction of the boomers, without some of the pain of the uh, uh, Gen Xers, and they're going to come. They're going to be radical and full of fire and love and want nothing but Jesus to be glorified. They'll pay the price. They'll spend the time in his presence. They'll commune with him. And we're all going to know that they have been with Jesus. Fall, fire, fall. Wow. Wow. Okay, so let's talk about the Passion Translation for just a moment. Um, it's beautiful. I love it. It uh, it connects. I mean, so when I go to when I look at the Bible app, a lot of times I'll just I'll just go to NIV. That's just kind of my that's my fallback. But whenever I go to the Passion Translation, and I'm doing it more and more, uh, I I feel something different than when I read other translations. Let me ask you two questions. Why why do you start a new translation? Like like why does that happen? And what were you trying to do as as lead author, lead translator with passion? Yeah, those are great questions. As far as why, I, I think uh the uh English language changes over time. In my generation, there's words that have suddenly taken on negative, negative uh meaning and value. 
I think we're going to continue to have new translations uh, maybe for the next 100 years. As long as time exists, our understanding of the Bible is growing. We have more research done, more uh, textual criticism that's able to take the text and and show us the the intrinsic meaning that's embedded inside the text. So it's it's glorious. I use a a scholarship package software program that enables me to really go as deep as I want into any any uh, etymological root or into any syntax or uh, manuscript that I have at my disposal. So as far as what I'm really uh, why I'm doing this, first of all, is I was given a commission by the Lord, and I'd say that humbly. I say it uh, understating it, that I was given this commission from the Lord to do this translation. And that doesn't mean it's perfect. doesn't mean I'm perfect. No translation is perfect. Uh, and I'm, uh, you know, I know that it's it's uh, subject to to examination. I get it. But also, my desire in doing the translation project is to please God, but also to express his heart of love. I feel like, you know, when we text each other, Yvette, we, we have emojis, you know, I'm sure you use some emojis or two or three, but the Bible doesn't have emojis. So it can come across as stoic. It can come across as letters on a page instead of the heart of the one who's giving his word to us. So I've approached the Bible on a heart level. And uh, not merely academic. Yes, I I've, I've want that, but I want it to express the heart of God. So we're using emotive language. We're using words that uh, maybe, uh, you know, are, are not necessarily found in the original, but the, the meaning is there. Like we use the word experience, his love. Well, you can't really say that in Hebrew or Greek. But we in English, we have that concept of experiencing his love. And I know that that's what the original authors of the scriptures intended, that we can encounter his love. We can experience it. We can be bathed in it. We can know the love of God. And all those scriptures that we have uh, run away from, when we take a fresh look at them with the love lens over our heart, Mm -hmm. we can glean more, not only of the text, but more of the heart of God behind it. Mm, So beautiful. So here at Positively Joy, we have a signature scripture. It's John 15. And I I love it because it's underneath the famous, you know, vine and fruit um, branch um, uh, scripture. Uh, It's talking about how to find joy. Now, in passion, you talk about love. I still love it. And let me just read that. So um, basically, I, I like to call it Jesus's DIY on how to find, how to find joy um, because you'll be filled with it, right? So in passion, yeah. in passion, it says, and this is Jesus speaking, I love each of you with the same love that the Father loves me. You must continually let my love nourish your hearts. If you keep my commands, you will live in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands, for I continually live nourished and empowered by his love. My purpose for telling you these things is so that the joy I experience will fill your hearts with overflowing gladness. So that's our signature scripture. This is the kind of joy we're talking about, you know, at Positively Joy, not just 
what you think you might be happy, right? But what I love about this is, I mean, there's so much I love about it, um, but the idea of experience, as you just said, and how he loves like the father loves. I think that that is more clear in this translation. And, And I'm so glad that you kept the idea of living in love. I think the other translations use the word abide. Um, because I, I I love that part of it as well, that we can actually, we actually have a home in the Father's love. Um, so it's just, it's it's a little different, uh, but it's clear. I mean, it's the Bible, it's it's truth, but I but I love how it expresses that. And it's 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 still what I, you know, when I when I read it, I'm like, yep, that's still that's still our signature scripture. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love that. And, you know, what is better than the love of God? That's a beautiful passage of scripture in John 15, that he wants to nourish us in his love. That that involves, you know, engagement. It involves, you know, taking it in that we need more. Yeah. So we're loved, but we want more, don't we? We need more. So uh, that is uh, I to this day remember translating that chapter, and I pushed back from my chair and, and from my desk, and and just basked in that love, that revelation of the Father loving us as much as He loves Jesus. Mm. I'm getting goosebumps. Lovely, lovely, love it. And speaking of John, I want to talk about the book. The book is available now, correct? Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is called. Fittingly, God is love, 365 devotions from the Gospel of John. Um, it is in it is in the Passion Translation, of course. <laughs> and tell us, you know, basically it is a year-long, and I mentioned before, beautifully constructed book. Um, and it, it is it is what you would expect from a devotional. You have scripture, and then you have the narrative, and then you have a prayer. Um, tell us, there's there's a lot of devotionals out there. In fact, I have one too. No, nowhere near as beautiful as this or as, as good as this. But uh, tell me, what were you trying to do with this devotional, understanding that there uh, are many? Yeah, well, John's gospel is the gospel of love. John is the apostle of love. And the words, God is love, were written by John. So, I chose that gospel of John and that theme of love to kind of get our heart focused on this theme. You know, a Western church will tell you, don't take it too far. But God says, take it a lot further. Go even deeper. The height, the width, the length, the depth. There's no way we can fully capture all of the love of God in our lifetime. So it's a quest. It's a journey. It's a voyage into the sacred heart of Jesus. And I've tried each day to express that love in a way that will encourage you and get you started for your day and moving out into your tasks with joy and gladness. Yeah, God is love. If if a Western believer were to write those words, we would have a huge parenthesis behind it saying, don't take it too far, (laughs) but God is also holy. Why can't we just leave it raw right out of the can? Just leave it the way it is. God is love, mic drop, end of story, mm-hmm. and just drink it in that God is love, and we don't know God if we don't know love. 
or if we don't know love, we don't know God. And I think that that is so fitting for what surrounds us today with war and strife and, um, and, and, and hatred in our neighborhoods. We have to go back to the source. I love you said mic drop. We have to go back to the source that God is love. Love is the answer to every God's love. God's love is the answer to everything, basically. And I'm not trying, really? and I'm not trying to simplify it. I mean, I know these, I know these issues are very complex, but that's truth. Well, we're gonna have to come back to that. You know, we can have quite a discussion about all of those things, but the bottom line that we're going to have to work our way to is the reality that God is love and we must love each other with the same love Jesus has given to us. And that's going to change the world. Amen. Amen. Well, Brian, thank you so much for spending some time with us today. This has been great. I'm just, again, very excited to to speak to you. I'd love for you to come back because I have I have more questions. Will you come back sometime? <laughs> sure. <laughs> good, 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 good. Well, thank you, everyone. Uh, we will put in the show notes, you know, where you can find out more about the book uh, and more about Brian. And again, I appreciate you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you, my sister. Thank you for listening to Positively Joy. Go to PositivelyJoy.com to hear previous episodes and to learn more about our ministry and books. Support Positively Joy by becoming a Patreon member and sign up for our newsletter. Thanks to Mars Coleman for the use of his song, The Joy of Knowing. And thanks to Susan Marie for editing and production of the podcast. Till next week. Oh, the joy of knowing, the joy of knowing you.